Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. I'm here with my co-host, Coach Manchi over in Kimberly. Coach, how we doing? Everything's going great, Brian. Friday Night Football is starting next Friday. It'll be the first game here. And uh, when this airs, it'll be a couple games into it. We'll be right before school, starting that uh, big weekend before school. And then we're getting after it. Coach, we're going to have to think of a new intro. Yes. You know, we got to we gotta maybe like get some music or or maybe like I could videotape myself one night when I'm singing karaoke and throw that Ooh. on the beginning. I think that would probably be, that'd be the way to go, huh? You might have to edit that a few times, Brian. <laughs> no kidding. Um, Coach Fox Valley Throws wound down, right? You guys are done in August and, and whatnot. So what do you got coming up as far as like in, you know, during the school year and stuff like that? Yeah, thanks for asking, Brian. In September and October, we go Sundays, just one day a week for eight sessions, and we end right before Halloween and start September 11th. Awesome. Awesome. Obviously, at Sports Advantage, we have our school year memberships and our yearly memberships. Um, got a lot of good things. Want to put a plug in for our Edge Baseball program as well. Um, Edge Baseball, we will be starting group hitting lessons and fielding lessons. So up to five kids, you can do uh, more of our personal lesson format instead of just one person at a time. So that'll be in September. And then in October and November, uh, we'll start our hitting sessions, our fielding sessions. Those will be available online. Uh, those will be seven weeks, uh, 15 sessions. We'll actually do one session the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, so a lot of opportunities to get some extra baseball work. Very limited throwing, obviously. You know, a lot of the kids play summer baseball, so we want to take take it easy on their arms. Uh, so it's a lot of mechanical work, a lot of technique work, very similar like you do for the throws club. But again, we're very conscientious of our athletes' health, and so we're going to make sure in those sessions that we take care of the athletes. But let's get to uh, a lady that we've wanted to have on here for a couple of weeks since we met her. Uh, we were very fortunate, Dean, a couple weeks ago, obviously, to take an awesome trip to Cincinnati where we had some really good food. We watched some really good football, and then we took a slight trip north uh, to Tiger Fitness to see Laura, and we got to meet Leah Reichman, who is on with us tonight. Uh, and we watched her uh, put some serious weight on the bar and absolutely mangle it on the way up, make it look easy. Um, so we are overly excited to have the first woman to ever squat 900, 900 pounds in a competition who is really, really setting the world on fire. And I, I tell you what, Dean, um, you know, we got to talk to Leah in between her sets, which, you know, for us, we were like, man, she's so calm and she's so collected and, um, <laughs> she's just an incredible person. Uh, we got to talk to her quite a bit while she was training, um, I think Laura was a little upset because we talked to her a little too much as she was in her accessories and, and whatnot, but, um, you know, we're going to bring Leah on here and we're overly excited to have Leah on to talk strength, strength training and mindset and a lot of different things. Leah, how are we doing? Good. Thanks for having me on. Happy to be here. How are you guys? Oh, we're awesome. We're fantastic. Very, very good. Dean, how are you? I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's just getting a little cooler out here right now, but. You know, it's a great time in the fall. I love fall and football and, and everything else. And it's, uh, it's going to be great to, to have Leah on the podcast today. <laughs> so, Leah, why don't, you, um, why don't you give us just a brief intro about yourself, who you are, what you do, and, and, and things like that. Where you been? All that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my name is Leah Reichman. I am a power, an equipped power lifter. 
I train out of the uh, High Barbell Club at Tiger Fitness. Um, I am currently the all-time world record holder for squat. Uh, <laughs> I was the first woman to squat 900 pounds in competition. Um, my record is 925 pounds. Um, so hopefully I have a few more goals to kind of check off that list that I'm working towards currently. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at with this right and now, yes. just in the middle of it all. And Leah, when we were at the gym, you did 865 and 160 and change, correct? I think that's what it was. Um, I think it was, a, I don't, honestly, I can't remember. I think it was probably, it was a heavy overload. I know it was at least 900 pounds plus, yeah. you know, including the chains. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty heavy. <laughs> I was excited. So anyways, that was yeah. awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so you. Leah, Leah, maybe, maybe kind of go back a little bit, kind of let us know how you kind of got into power lifting and maybe, um, you know, what intrigued you about the history of the sport? Because, you know, I think for so many years, powerlifting was deemed as like a man sport and things like that. And then obviously in came a couple of really special women, one who, who we'll talk about in a little bit for you, but just kind of talk about, you know, what drew you to powerlifting um, and just maybe a little bit of the history that, that you researched before you went into it. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I, I grew up in, in Ohio. I grew up on a farm. I always knew that I was strong and I always enjoyed watching, you know, strength sports. Um, you know, I played sports in high school. I was a thrower, uh, track and field, you know, shot put and discus. Um, and that's when I really started to get introduced to the weight room. Um, I never really trained the way I should, you know, as a teenager, you know, goofing around in high school. I wish I would have taken that a little bit more seriously. Um, but I remember, you know, whenever I was watching people, like I remember watching strongman competitions on TV and I'm like, this looks really cool. Like, these are some really strong people. And I'm like, you know, I always thought like, I could probably be good at that, but I never really dabbled. Um, and then I remember it was like 2014 or 15 when you could start posting videos on social media. And I remember seeing local Cincinnati girls, including um, Laura and some of her training partners, you know, from the sweatshop when it was towards the end of Laura's career, um, where, you know, I was watching these women lift weights. I'm like, how do I get into that? And I actually had a couple of friends, one who I still train with to this day. And they're like, yeah, this is called powerlifting and this is what you do. And, you know, somehow I got introduced to my first coach. I was given a conjugate style program from the get <laughs> and he's like here fantastic. try this fantastic <laughs> yeah he was like here try this see if you like it um and it, it was fun it was fun for me because I was always into lifting weights but more so from a, an athletic you know type of standpoint to help with you know improve my sports performance um on the field you know on the court um but then so with the conjugate style program I was able to lift heavy and do my speed and dynamic type of work. And I was like, this is fun. <laughs> I was like, I could really like, so all I ever, so all I knew was conjugate style training. Um, and then, you know, eventually I started to do some research and, you know, I didn't think I was, I still didn't think I was good enough to train with Laura, you know? <laughs> so I never sought her out immediately either. I was training under another coach, but I learned about West Side Barbell you know, you learn more about the actual conjugate system. And then of course you learn about your other types of, uh, of training styles as well. 
Um, but conjugate is the one that always kind of like just keeps my interest because it's so, I mean, there's so many different ways to apply it. There's so many variations and it's fun. <laughs> right. So, right. Um, so that's kind of how I get, just kind of like got thrown into it. They're like, I was like, you know, I think I can be good at it. And they're like, yeah, just try it. <laughs> and so like I did my first meet. And I was like, this is great. Like, this is a lot of fun. It gives me something competitive to do in like my adult life. <laughs> um, you know, something that I think I could be good at. Um, so here I am like six years later, I'm still doing it. <laughs> Leah, when we visited Tiger, Tiger Fitness and you were working out that day, it was just unbelievable to see, you know, so many women in that weight room just getting after it and, and just incredibly strong. I mean, it was just, it gave you goosebumps that, Everybody was just working out so hard in women's strength competitions, you know, powerlifting and, and you being a world record holder and just the way CrossFit has taken off. And, and you see just unbelievable feats that women are doing. Where do you kind of see yourself as a leader? Because obviously, you know, what you're doing is and what we saw in the gym is, you know, people were gravitating to you. It didn't matter if it was the females, it was the males. And we'll talk more about that culture that's developed there. But, you know, you're looked up to as a leader. So where do you see yourself and where do you see just this taking off? Because, you know, it's just gotten so popular. It has. Um, and, and, you know, I feel like especially now women's powerlifting, because of, like you said, we have so much like it's becoming more, uh, you know, social media is exposing it more to people. And they're like, you know, so we have a growth of art and, you know, as a leader, you know, I just try to be the best that I can be every single day. You know, I have a vision for myself, a plan for myself, and I try to make sure that I'm utilizing all of my tool, my tools, you know, I try to be strategic. Um, I have training partners that, you know, I have trained with since I started. Um, I try to be coachable, you know, it's easy to get an ego, especially when you're in the gym. Um, but I practice self-awareness to try and stay as grounded as possible. I ask, I ask questions. I'm willing to ask and learn from more experienced people. Um, I'm, you know, I'm never too good to learn or ask questions. Um, you know, I, I try to perfect the movements and to be as technical as I can be. You know, we, these movement patterns, muscle activation, mobility, flexibility, there's always something that you can improve upon, improve upon as an athlete or as a lifter. Um, and I'm far from perfect, but you know, I never stop studying my, my training videos. You know, I work endlessly to become a technical lifter. Um, but I think as a leader, you know, you have to be able to, um, I love to be able, I, I like to be able to give back and I like to see, see people succeed. And I want people to have the same options and the same, you know, I want them to feel the way I feel whenever I do something that I'm proud of. So I try to make sure that I'm able to give back to these people. Um, you know, <clears throat> just for women's weight classes, we were able to get in powerlifting specifically, we were able to increase weight classes because 198 plus was super heavy. Right. but you have all these women coming in and, you know, women come in all shapes and sizes. So me and a couple of other women in the sport, we were able to get all federations across the sport to increase weight classes for women. That's so, awesome. you know, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. really cool. No, good. It was really cool. Yeah. So 
all across the sport of powerlifting, you know, they were either able to match the men or add a few more weight classes. So um, it's not just 198 or, you know, people who weigh 200 pounds competing against girls who weigh 280 pounds. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so so well, just trying to. Not to interrupt, but like if you were like if you'd have done that with the men, like back in, you know, however long, like 198 and up, I mean, you'd have guys like Louie and Chuck and George yep. Halbert and Kenny Patterson, they'd all be in the same weight class. And you're, exactly. looking at, you're looking at, you know, people that could be a hundred pounds heavier than, than other people. And that, that may not make a big difference if you're talking about like 275 to 350, but like 200 to 275 is a huge difference. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. You, you know, know awesome. especially cause like mass moves mass. Um, yes. you know, <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, I hope that I can just empower women and like lead by example, like, Hey, you can do these things too. Like, let's break through these glass ceilings. Like, you know, whatever I can do to help you feel free to ask me questions. I'm, I'm always here for it because I just, I, there's no better feeling than, you know, kind of defying societal norms, <laughs> especially, um, you know, in strength sports where, women are, like you said, are expected, you know, it's growing. We're not expected to be in the sport. It's typically a man's sport. So. Well, I can say this. I hear a lot of, you, <laughs> I hear a lot of your coach in, in your answers. We'll talk about her in a little bit. <laughs> I, I hear a lot of the same mentality and that's, that's awesome because in, in, any being a leader, you know, giving back should always be your, your top thing. And that's, that's awesome, Leah. But um, so kind of talking about, you know, some of the training and, and things like that, you know, being in the gym um, and, and training with some men or even most of the men that you train with, you know, a lot of them um, may not be able to be able to do what you can do, you know, from a strength standpoint, um, you know, so how does some of that play out in the gym? I mean, we saw it, you know, I mean, you know, with, with some of the guys squatting probably four, you know, three, 400 pounds less than you. I mean, how is that atmosphere you know, with, within the gym that you're in? Um, honestly, so, you know, in some situations, there can always be a bad apple. Typically those bad apples, those egos, they kind of weed themselves out. Um, <laughs> I did come across that, you know, when I first started and, you know, I just kept my head down, eyes forward, focused on my goals. I chased the boys. You know, I was always chasing the guys. I was trying, you know, I needed someone like just to give me that little competitive edge. Like, okay, I think I can get, you know, I'm going to, this guy lifted this much. I think I can get within, you know, maybe 50 pounds of him, you know, and then eventually you start kind of surpassing. Um, but with my crew now, it's like, I believe in the power of teams, right? Leveraging everyone's expertise, talents, like no matter what your strength level is, you can always bring something to the table or to a training crew. Um, I believe, like I said, I believe if you are helping to build your training crew, eventually it starts to pay off in the long run too, right? Things can start to run a little more smoothly during your training sessions. And not only are they helping you getting stronger, but you're also helping them and vice versa. Cause like I said, anybody can bring, you know, anything to the table, whether it's spotting, loading, you know, whatever. Um, we have a great crew and, you know, we all started somewhere. Like I said, I wasn't always stronger than the guys. 
Um, <laughs> I had to chase right. them and eventually right. start to surpass them. Um, but I've been training with some of these guys for a while. Um, and you know, they love me like a sister. Like I, you know, I, we, we just have a really good working relationship. And I think with my ability to, and my comp, you know, when I approach the bar and the things that I've done and I, you know, they've seen me put in this work for years and years and years. So it's, it's, a, it's also a respect thing as well. Um, but powerlifting in general is just very supportive. Um, and, you know, I think the where the gym I'm at, the coach that I have, you know, it takes a lot for strong men to also want to be trained by a woman, right? You usually don't right. see these big, right. strong powerlifters who have a woman as a coach. So I think it also takes a certain type of person to also be okay with, hey, like, you know, it's a, like I said, it's an ego thing. It's easy <laughs> to have an ego in the gym. But, you know, when you have like a, a five foot three, you know, gymnast as your coach, who's also done it all, <laughs> she's the queen, she's you know, some good. people, are, yeah, some people, I mean, some people can't wrap their head around like, why, what, what can she bring to the table for me? But the guys at our gym, they don't see that. They don't see that at all because they know that she's the best. Well, you think, know what I mean? And there's no I, questioning that. Right. Well, I think it comes down to, you know, just to follow up is like for those guys that can't, it's just being insecure and selfish, yep. right. And selfish. I mean, it seems like, you know, like when we were there and just from, you know, so many of the stories that I've either heard personally or, you know, through podcasts um, is that powerlifting is so supportive as you know, you, you want you know, there's that certain, I want to be the alpha. I want to, you know, lift the most weights, but at the same time, I want to see you, you know, if you beat me and we're trained together, you know, that's good because now I can chase you type of it, right. that's what the mentality seems to be. It's like, I don't want to lose, but if you're going to beat me, then I'm going to chase you, but I'm going to support you and cheer for you exactly. along the way. It's like the ultimate selfless sport. It's awesome. It really is. I mean, powerlifting is yes it's something that you whenever it's meet day you're doing it on your own you're on the platform on your own but it is very much a team sport you know like your training partners your crew your spotters and loaders like you know I have had the same handler for most of my meets and it's just like you know what I mean like because like that's that's my guy that's who I go to um so like I said, you know, they're there for you through your training. They train with you. They know your ups, they know your downs. They know they help you fix your technique. Um, but yeah, I mean, powerlifting is a very supportive sport, especially, um, I think it is growing, like you said, because it's bringing more people in. I think that there's not as much ego anymore. It's more of like, like I mean, you'll come across, like I said, you'll always come across right. bad apples. <laughs> but hopefully you know it started that's kind of starting to change a little bit um but there's always it's always fun chasing one another um you know a little chirping you know a little yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i know the big thing when we came down to visit it, it was just one of those situations when as a high school coach we used to take our kids when brian was at university of wisconsin as a strength conditioning coach with the badgers we would bring up you know, some coaches down there with some of the kids and, and Brian would be kind of doing, you know, a, a workout. And at that time he was working with the linemen 
and you know the big boys were in there and they were squatting it was a max effort day just like you know you, you had a max effort workout when we visited he was kind of the same situation and, and just that that atmosphere you know that collegiate atmosphere and then your gym atmosphere was just just so identical and it's just weird because that's for me that's now you know Brian you've been out of that for 13 years 14 years right I've been out of, <laughs> out of it for eight years eight years or, so uh, eight uh, years eight or but, nine years yeah but yeah. you know since we were actually brought some of those kids down there was probably about 10 years from now, yeah. at least, you know, when we had that experience, but we, you know, those kids, they would see them big guys and they'd be squatting all that weight and everybody would be getting crazy. And, you know, the high fives <laughs> are going and, and bot would yeah. just going absolutely crazy. You know, we saw that family atmosphere and, mm -hmm. you know, there's one thing I like about the throws in the weight room, as far as, you know, shot putting disc is you're always chasing an extra inch. You're always yep. trying to throw it farther in the weight room. It's you're, you're chasing that extra pound all the time. So that atmosphere was just incredible. What I was really impressed with is, you know, when everybody was lifting and somebody was going for a big lift, it matter if it was male, female, young, old, whoever it was, everybody was there to cheer on. And I think just having us seven guys come in there was, was, was kind of a little extra motivation too, because when you work hard, and more people are there to see out some of your hard work, you kind of want to show it off. You know, it's just like when our high school kids are in a weight room and a college recruiter comes in. All of a sudden, the person's stronger than they were last <laughs> week. Incredibly stronger because now their audience is bigger. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's what I always tell the kids. Hey, be, be ready because anybody, a college recruiter could come through the door. You know, anybody can be coming in. you got to be able to get yourself ready. So yeah. that atmosphere was just incredible to see. And all of you helping each other out and was so important because I think one of the things that I'm always referencing in our weight room is the quickest way to get strong is have great technique. And here you're one yeah. of the, you know, you're the best, you know, as far as a world record holder in the squat. And you're still talking about your technique and, and evaluating your technique and trying to get, you know, your technique and keep improving on it. I think that's, very important for our high school listeners out there and college listeners because hey I know how to squat coach yep 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 but you know how to squat but when that load gets heavier mm -hmm. and heavier it becomes a whole different thing I always tell them it's a lot different than math class math class yeah you know one plus one is two hey you might be able to have great squat form with the bar but when you put start putting lots of load on there all kinds of things can happen so absolutely Absolutely. And I mean, with that atmosphere, I think it's just because we are, we are a team, you know, we are a team. Um, and I do believe that to be successful, like I said, powerlifting is very much, in my opinion, a team sport. I feel like most of the successful powerlifters that I've been around, like, you know, you hear stories about West side and the guys like didn't really like each other and they would be fighting out in the parking lot. But when it was time to walk through those doors, you know, they yeah. were a team. Um, <laughs> and, um, I, I trust those people with, with my life, you know, like I I'm handling weight that could, could kill, could kill me. Right. And, you know, I trust those people with my life. And I think that it also, it also probably helps that like we, uh, enjoy each other outside of the gym too. Like, you know, we are all friends, but yeah, like, I mean, that's that's the point of a team right is like to have each other's backs build each other up you know make each other better um and that's what we that's what we do 
So culture is so important to all that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it, it really is fostered. Like you said, yeah, you could have some bad apples, you know, or some mm -hmm. whatever, but, and this goes to like all of our coaches, all of our teams. Typically, if you have a strong culture of leaders, not only like from a leadership standpoint as a coach or as a person running the workouts, but if you have people invested into your program or your systems or your training, those people become the outliers and, and they don't feel comfortable because they, they're insecure because they're not, they're not being selfless. They're not being, you know, a good teammate. So they, like you said, they typically weed themselves out. I remember Tony Ramos talking on, on the West side film said those guys, he put it a little more, you know, aggressively <laughs> than I will today. He's like, those guys kicked themselves out. You know, those guys, you know, Louis didn't kick those guys out of the gym and they don't, they, they kicked themselves out because they weren't a part of the team. They weren't a part of the culture that want everybody wanted to be, have established. And I think that fits with anything is that the stronger your culture, you know, the less disruptive people you're going to have in your program or exactly you know, gym or anything like that. Um, so Leah, let's talk about a meet day. Or, or getting ready okay. for a meet. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, for our listeners, like game day for you, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you put a lot of prep in and things like that. So maybe kind of describe like meet day for you, you know, a couple of the questions that, that I've always wanted to know is like, how do you choose your openers? You know, because okay. powerlifting, you get, you get three attempts, right? And typically your first one is called your opener, you know, and mm -hmm. then you move from that. Um, maybe like what you do the night before, you know, do you have a routine that you have the night before? Um, and then, you know, just maybe a little bit weeks leading up that you're always prepping for that. But I think the thing that I, I think, I know Dean wants to hear this, you know, you get under the bar in a meet and what's going through your head. So we'll save that one for last, but kind of just get okay. describe meet day and then we'll, we'll ramp you up. You put your hand in that chalk box and then you're under the bar. What's going through your head? Of course. Um, so our meat preparation usually starts about 10 weeks out from the competition. Um, and I start to like, you know, we start handling heavier loads. Um, and then we begin to peak and the taper starts about three weeks out. So we hit like lift our maximum load about three weeks out from competition. Max, right? And then, we, yeah. And then we start to taper down. So circa max. Yep. Um, general rule of thumb that I like to like, you know, tell some athletes and some lifters, um, is that you want to select an opener that you can do for like three reps. This is typically, typically around like 90 ish percent. Um, but of course it can vary per athlete. Um, the load should feel light and move with a decent bar speed. So, you know, something that you feel confident in, then you could probably hit any day of the week is what I say that your opener should be. Um, I always try to be strategic whenever I choose my openers because I want to make sure that I'm setting myself up for success. You know, for example, I know that my body will be fatigued after squat and bench. So I'm trying to open with a nice and easy deadlift, you know, just so to make sure, because I would hate to make it through six lifts and then bomb on deadlift because I chose too heavy of an opener. Does the order... So you, the order you squat, then you bench, then you deadlift, correct? Yes. So you squat and then bench press and then deadlift. Um, and you get three attempts yep. at each lift. Um, 
And then if you miss, so say for example, if I miss all three benches, then I bomb out of the meet on bench and my squat previously that I got doesn't count. So um, you're just out of the meet entirely. Um, so, you know, you try to be- Even if you set a world record? Mm -hmm. It doesn't count. That happened to me in April. Oh my so, God. In oh April, my God. I only got my squat opener. It was 930 pounds. And um, I got it on the third attempt. So it was like, that was emotional as, as it is. And then I went and I missed all three of my bench attempts. I couldn't touch in my bench shirt. So I, I missed my bench and I bombed out of the meet and that record didn't count. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those, I'll do 135 for my first bench with no shirt and just. Wow. <laughs> I actually did that for my first all-time world record. I was like, all right, I finally got this record. This is something that I've been chasing for a long time. Like I'm taking a 135 token bench, <laughs> like, you know. Oh my God, I never bench... do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it doesn't count if you don't finish the meet. So um, you always try to be strategic, yep. you know, because you want to make it through the meet because you want to get that total. Um, and you want to make sure that if you have records that they count. <laughs> right, right. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. So, okay. It's you, you got the weight in a bar. Okay. What, what song are you playing when you walk out? Do you have a song or no? I do. <laughs> what is it? Please tell me so, it's like, not like party in the USA. It's not, it's <laughs> definitely something that I, it's like some hip hop that I've been listening to yeah. since my sophomore year of high school. It's a little scrappy. <laughs> awesome that's so do so, they play that every time you left they you, like kind of like a baseball player like your walk-up song no like no it laura played it for me whenever i broke my first all-time world record she sure. put it over the speaker for me at the meet because i was like <laughs> okay because you know i like i'll sometimes i'll play it in the gym um i remember you know going to my exams in college i'm just listening to that song so <laughs> That's that's, awesome. that's one of my little scrappy no problems is my okay. song. Nice. Um, but usually when it's time to approach the bar and get on the platform, I don't I don't even hear what is playing over the radio over the sure. speaker. I don't hear, you know, my mind. I am focused on one thing, and that is the barbell. I don't even want to think about the weight on the bar because it's just me and the barbell. And you know, sometimes I have to sell myself like you know, don't be a little bitch, Leah, as <laughs> you say that, like, excuse me, like, but don't, I was like, you can lift this. If I, if I, if I get under the bar and I have a single doubt in my mind, I'm going to miss that lift. So I try to be as, you know, I'm confident. Right. I know that I'm going to lift this. I practice, I practice these movements every day, you know, all the time. I know what I'm doing. So I just have to make sure that I make those movements perfect and then I have to be strong enough to do that. And to be strong enough, it usually starts, you know, in your head. Um, so I always try to be as confident as possible. I talk to myself. I have a, a checklist of cues that I go through whenever I get under the bar. And then as soon as I pick up that bar and I get that squat command, it's, it, it's nothing. It's just me and that barbell. I don't hear anything. I don't see anything. I'm listening for that up call from Laura because she calls my depth. I'm listening for that. I'm just trying to just keep my back tight, keep my chest up and get ready to blast out of, you know, sit back as hard as I can, spread my knees as hard as I can. And when it, once I get that up call, 
you know, and I get the rack command, that's whenever I start to hear things, but it's literally right. like, I barely remember my lifts. Sure. It's just that adrenaline rush. You know what I mean, I probably sound like an adrenaline junkie, but that no. adrenaline rush, just tuning everything out. It's just me, just me and the barbell. Um, and I try to approach a lot of lifts like that. And then, you know, of course, afterwards I laugh and I have fun, but you know, when, when it's time to go it again, you know, I flip that switch. Um, and I mentally prepare myself like, okay, let's go again. You know, Leah, I think that's, that's so important because many times I've seen both males and females when they're going to go for a, for a max attempt or a very heavy lift that's they'll get, they'll defeat themselves before they even get underneath the bar. There's no way I'm going to get this today. I didn't feel good. I didn't get much sleep last night. I'm tired. And, And if they say that, if it's negative right away, they don't get it. They don't get it. So I think that that positive, hey, I've done this. I've trained for it. I'm prepared for it. I'm ready. I'm jacked. I got my song on. I'm ready to go. I got this audience and I'm going to give everything I can. I think it just makes such a huge difference. And we see that a a lot. A kid will go for a, a lift and just say, go get a drink, get your mind right, come back. You can do this. I know you can do this as your coach. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. the individual, the athlete gets it. And it wasn't, yeah. it, it was the same weight on the bar. It's just their mindset was totally, totally different. And I think that's so important that, you know, you addressed on there. Let's talk yeah. about, you know, we got a lot of female listeners out there, whether they're coaches, athletes, what would be something you would tell them to get an edge, you know, to get that competitive advantage? Because everybody, you know, the idea of us doing this podcast was to really give, you know, athletes that competitive advantage. So what would your advice be being the strongest woman in the sport? Um, <laughs> honestly, like I, I said it before, it's just always making sure that you're setting yourself up for success, whether it is your programming, your coaching, your diet, you know, your recovery, your modalities, um, your body is a machine and you need to make sure that it is running optimally. So you can't really leave out any of those pieces. Um, and I always say, you know, keep your head, like head down, eyes forward, the, you know, put in the work, you know, some days you're just not going to feel like it. And like, that's okay. But most of those time, like most of the time, once you get into the gym and you start going, like, that's when you start to feel like, okay, you know what? I am actually into it today. <laughs> you know, this wasn't so bad. Um, but I always try to tell women that like the, I always say the limit does not exist. The limit on what we can do, what our bodies can do, like it doesn't exist. So like, I think that's really cool to be able to push those limits and break through those glass ceilings. And like, if that doesn't motivate you, (laughs) I don't know what does, but um, just having that confidence, knowing that you can do some stuff that, you know, a lot of people in the general population can't do. Like, that's cool. Um, that's motivating. Leah, that's, a, that, that's unbelievable. And, you know, we were just talking to you before we started to hit the record button. And, you know, tell our listeners what you do during the day, because it's not like you just power lift and that's all you do. And, you know, this definitely relates to a lot of our athletes because, they're, they're, for example, in summer training, you know, they're going to work all day or whatever. And then they come and they throw it, throws club. Or, mm-hmm. you know, they work all day and then they get their workout in. So 
kind of explain you really got you know you're wearing a couple different hats here and then how do you get yourself motivated after your long work day to get a good workout in yeah um yeah so i work in healthcare so i do work for a private gastroenterology practice um you know that's your your gut your your all of that your digestive system um and then usually I head to work or I head to the gym right after work. Um, it, it's become such a routine for me to do that. But I think what motivates me to go is that I have people and this comes back to my team. I have my team relying on me to be there and, you know, they're also holding me accountable. So <laughs> when you have people who are like, you know, relying on you to be there because it's not just about you. It's about them as well. To me, I'm like, okay, I gotta be, I gotta be there for my crew. I gotta be there for my team. Um, and I need to make sure that I'm going to the gym to help them and, you know, to train with them. Um, so that definitely, like I said, the team, I'm a firm believer in the power of teams and, um, that's definitely a case like in this instance, that's definitely, um, what holds me accountable is everybody, you know, that I train with. Um, but um, also just like my goals that I made for myself, you know, I'm not getting any younger. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I don't know why I made these goals for myself, but I did. And I'm just like, all right, <laughs> now I have a few more that I need to check off the list and I'm going to keep working towards them. And, then go from there. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I think them are awesome points that just that whole team and that accountability thing. I know even in my adult life, I always train with one of our coaches, you know, that's a teacher. And you know, we'll we'll text each other in the morning and hey, can you meet me there at 6:30? And we're gonna we're gonna lift today. And I think it it just the whole motivation piece is even if there's days I don't want to work out, that I know that hey, my friend is counting on me to get a good workout in. So I, I have to be there because he's counting on me to be there. And then once you get there and you start your workout, boy, as we all know, you get done with your workout and you feel great. But I think so Sorry. many people try to do it alone. And I, I see this with coaches. They're coaching the heck out of their kids, but then they're letting themselves go. And mm -hmm. we obviously know what that does, your mental health and everything else. But I, I'm a firm believer we can't give everything to the kids if we first don't take care of ourselves first. So I think that's a great point. Same thing with the athletes. You know, if you're going to sports advantage, Hey, they're working out together. That's that team. That's, that was so fun to watch that at Tiger fitness. We saw it when we went to the Cincinnati Bengals, just with the, how the strength coaches were working together and you know, how the players were counting on each other and, and such a competitive environment in that case, football, your competitive environment in that weight room is everybody's clapping for the PRs and everybody's helping each other out with the technique. So just awesome to see. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy how much atmosphere can affect the mentality of an athlete. You know, like you said, when you do it alone, it's, it, it is harder. Um, but you know, when you're in a good atmosphere and you find something that works for you, like stick with that, right. You know, stay with that. There's no need to change things up until it's necessary, but atmosphere, I think, can can be everything um, when it comes to being competitive. 
So Leah, I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, training and stuff like that, but I think we, we want, we saved a little spot at the end um, to talk about your coach a little bit and what she's meant to you and truly what she's meant, you know, not only the sport of powerlifting, but just to strength training and knowledge and development in general. And like I said, a little bit ago, as I listened to you talk, I hear a lot of her in, in your comments um, from what I, you know, just from talking with her and, and, and sharing stories with her, you know, when she, she came to our gym uh, in December and got, I got to spend a lot of time with her and just really kind of learn about who she is and, you know, not only a competitive athlete, but just such an incredible person um, mm -hmm. and giving person. So why don't you just talk just a few minutes about what Laura, Laura Phelps Stackhouse um, has meant to you, your career, and just as a person in your life, as a, as a mentor. Um, Laura is a beautiful human. She is a, a true pioneer for women's strength sports in general, you know, not just powerlifting, but across sports and fitness. And she does it with such grace. <laughs> um, you know, she's helped me change in the way, in a way that I wish, like, I mean, she's helped me change and grow not only as a lifter, but as a human, you know, I go to her when I have questions about training, life, <laughs> whatever. And she always, she's like a big sister in a sense, you know, I, I look at her as like a big sister um, because I come across obstacles or, you know, situations and scenarios that I know that she's probably already come across. Right. And she genuinely wants what's best for everyone. Um, and I'm really lucky. I'm really lucky to have her in my corner. Like, I, I honestly can't gush over that woman enough. Like, <laughs> she's phenomenal. <laughs> she's, she's definitely um, everything that I could ask for uh, as a coach. Um, again, as a mentor, as a friend. Um, I mean, there's really nothing that like bad that you could ever, anybody could ever say about her. So, <laughs> right. That's she's perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really is. It good people seem to always win out, you know, and they always seem to lead other good people in the right direction. And, and it's just really awesome to see. It was, I mean, it was really special to watch, you know, you guys trained for a couple hours and watch just the interaction um, just with everybody there, you know, I mean, you, you had multiple types, which was really unique, right? Dean, you and I experience it um, from a team setting, um, but it kind of more relates to what we see at sports advantage where you see, you know, the seventh grade soccer athlete, the, the 11th grade golfer, the ninth grade football player. Um, maybe we got Rob Havenstein, a pro athlete in there. Um, everybody with different goals, maybe different um, initiatives and things like that going on. But when somebody was, you know, in a sense where they had to do something that was really important, everybody stopped, you know, took notice. Um, sometimes they educated, Hey, I saw this, I saw this, Hey, watch this uh, people clapping. Um, it really just, it, it speaks to the leadership of, you know, your coach. And it also speaks to just the buy-in that everybody there has. And it's just, it's a really special place. It was, it was awesome for us to be there. It was an honor, quite honestly, for us to be there to watch you guys train and, and just the culture you guys have built. So Dean, you got anything else for, for our, our, our champion here? Yeah. You know, I'm just super excited. Holder. I'm super excited to see that 1000 coming. 
quick because hey. uh, I, I know you got the goals and 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 you're gonna do whatever you can to to go ahead and get that and you know just again you know I appreciate you you just our, our questions that we had for you and the interaction and you know we're always getting on these high school kids it seems like they can't live without that phone you know 24 7 the only time basically they don't have the phone is when they're in the weight room otherwise that phone is is with them all the time but um social media has been great is one thing to be able to connect with you leah and we already asked you right down there brian and i we got to get you on the podcast and you were like absolutely and you know even yeah. though you're in ohio and we're in wisconsin we're all midwesterners and we're just super happy that uh, you're taking the time and and wanted to be on the podcast and i i really appreciate it and i want to thank you of course thank you so much for having me on you guys are great absolutely we got a little something that's that's coming your way here in a couple of weeks to make sure laura doesn't keep it okay so um we got Ooh. Yeah. yeah you look you look really good in red and black leah i'll tell you that i'll just say that okay those are um, some power those are power colors absolutely they are damn right they are um so that's going to end this episode of the get your edge podcast again um if it, if it were me, I'd probably listen to this one a couple of times because Leah dropped some really good nuggets, um, just in just in general training, just some mentality and stuff like that. So tune in again for our next episode, and we will see you next time. Chop it.